If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim, fill that out and that's it. I always like to start with something interesting. And if you have any photos with someone in the photo that you wish they were not in the photo, uh, you have to hear this. Okay, we have AI to help us out. There's a pretty popular video and editing app called PixArt. And like other apps, even Apple can do it, you can select a person from a photo and remove them. But this app is a little bit different. You can replace that person, say it's an X. So when that person is removed, it looks like you're holding a red flag or maybe a baguette, or maybe you're with a dog, or maybe you're with a snake. Yes, they actually added a snake. It's pretty clever. And I know what you're thinking. You know, even if I take them out of my photos, this will never erase all the memories that I have of my ex. You know, I always think of my ex when I look at my Echo Show and I hear Alexa because it listens to every single thing that I say. It snoops on me and it comes across as a know-it-all. That's right. Hey, listen, I'm Kim Commando, America's beloved digital goddess here with you. It's our award-winning show about all things digital. And you're about to get more tech smarts because every single thing in our life is now a tech thing. And if you're a regular listener, we're so glad that you're here. And if you're a new listener, wow, that's amazing. We're so glad that you found us. And you can find us on over 425 top stations across the United States. We're streaming in your favorite radio app. And you can find us as a podcast, as a webcast, commercial-free, all three hours over at GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to all of our servicemen and women in the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, and the Space Force who are protecting our great nation as I speak. And they're listening to us on the American Forces Network Radio. Our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And just a quick reminder that you can always send me your questions on our website. Head over to commando.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. All right. Every single day, I visit at least 30 different websites to make sure that I'm up to date on all things digital. And you are too. And this is part of the show where I like to focus on the products, things that are going on the web and things that you might want to check out. Like, for example, yes, it's time for the, it's that time for the big game. You know, we're talking about the Super Bowl. And in more than two dozen states, you can actually bet on the Super Bowl using your phone. And it's because of that, it's supposed to be a record-breaking year for betting online. Uh, the American Gaming Association says, listen to this, Americans are going to wager $8 billion on the Super Bowl this year. Wow, $8 billion. In case you're wondering, put that in perspective, last year it was $4.3 billion. So why? Well, because a lot more states have legalized mobile betting. So if you want to play first, you have to see if it's legal in your state, and you can then choose a reputable online sports betting uh, app or website. DraftKings has been around for a while. FanDuel and BetMGM are the big ones. You put in your payment info, deposit funds, and then you can go ahead and select your odds and see all the different bets that are available for the Super Bowl. 
Now, here's a joke for you to use at the Super Bowl party. Okay, now I'm going to say the Cowboys, but you can replace it with your favorite team or this is the team that's going to get the most reaction from everybody at your Super Bowl party. Okay, are you ready? What do Cowboy fans do after they win the Super Bowl? What do Cowboys fans do after they win the Super Bowl? Anybody? They turn off their Xbox. Ooh, ouch. That's right. All right, number two, this is crazy. Now you need to opt out of your art. What is going on with this? Okay, everybody in the world uses Adobe Photoshop. Well, not everybody. 90% uh, of the world's creative professionals use Adobe Photoshop. And what happens now with Photoshop is that you get to put all your photos in the cloud and you can manipulate all your photos in the cloud. Of course, it's going to cost money to have access to the cloud. But now there's another cost. What's going on? What do I need to tell you about this? Well, Adobe has released an AI creator called Adobe Sensei. You input an idea into it, and then a photo of that idea plops out. It's like AI-generated art. Well, Adobe sneakily claims on its content analysis FAQ page that it might analyze your content to develop and improve its products. Ooh, well, what does that really mean? Uh, it doesn't say exactly, but it does give some rise to concern that you don't want to share your private Photoshop pics with maybe something that may be generated with AI. So what I want you to do is to opt out. You want to log into your Adobe account, go to privacy and personal data, and then turn off content analysis. Again, your Adobe account, privacy and personal data, and then turn off content analysis. That's a little sneaky guy. All right, number three is a little geeky on our list of five things, but I know that you guys and gals can handle it. We're going to start with MTBF. Anybody know what that is? Okay, if you know what that is, then you're going to totally dig this story. If you don't, let me tell you, it stands for Mean Time Between Failure. Uh, a new study from data, a new stat from data, BlackBase, they took a look at time's impact on hard drive failure rates. Okay, not a shocker. How often do hard drives fail? Typically, they say it used to be five years, and guess what? Older hard drives are more likely to fail. Okay, yeah, duh, we all knew that. But this is gets this gets really interesting. The older and smaller the drive is, the higher the annual failure rate. So, a four terabyte drive that's over six years old failed more often than a sixteen terabyte that was a year old. Okay, so here's the deal is that you want to look at bigger drives because in the long term, they actually have lower failure rates than the smaller drives. And let's just stick with a geek joke to go along with all this, okay? Uh, the FBI, they're raiding an alleged spy's apartment. When they discover a hard drive, it's labeled KGB. Oh, gosh, and one of the agents, they holds it up with a look of confusion, and they say, why wouldn't they just write 1TB? Like... KGB Russian one terabyte. Ooh, tough crowd. Okay, let's move on. Number four, why go to the movies when you can sit on your butt at home and watch the same thing? Is it the big screen? Yeah. Uh, better audio? That's probably it. So Netflix knows this, and they also know that you're watching its shows and movies on possibly any device that you can imagine, your laptop, your tablet, your Echo Show, whatever it may be, your phone. So this past year, it's starting to use a spatial audio system that didn't need to be connected to a TV. But now Netflix is making available for 700 of its titles. So you have to pay a premium version of the Netflix subscription, of course. But if you watch Stranger Things, you might have noticed the movie quality sound was a lot better. And it works like this. It's called spatial audio. 
And it's supposed to be this dynamic 3D experience that is just going to immerse you inside the movie. The sounds are directional. So you're so you just are all immersed in whatever you're watching. And so it looks like Netflix is going to also start gaining subscribers after making the freeloaders who are sharing passwords pay up. That's right. You're off. Then again, I've seen Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, look up in the sky. It's not a Chinese spy balloon. It's an actual UFO. What's going on? The U.S. government is now aware of over 500 new cases of UFO sightings by our troops since 2021. And now... There's a new app to report UFO sightings. A company by the name of Enigma Labs just launched an app that lets you submit reports of unidentified objects in the sky. And they say that they want to take UFO reports more seriously. It wants to find definite patterns. So people who've seen them feel a little bit less alone and maybe less crazy. So if you think that you have seen a UFO, you're going to fire up the app and then it has AI. It's going to analyze the photos, videos, witnesses, rate reports, and it's by invite only right now with the app. But you can submit a UFO sighting to its website. Uh, It's enigmalabs.io. That's E-N-I-G-M-A, enigmalabs.io. And then click submit sighting at the top right corner. Uh, And what did the UFO denier say when shown video proof of alien spaceships and was even told that one of those spaceships houses the leader of the universe? What did he say? He said, witchcraft. Ooh, I'm trying. I'm trying here. Hey, uh, coming up, we have how to make money from your car, your home, your RV, and all the other stuff that you own. We're going to talk also about how to find some spy camps, and we have our trivia that you don't want to miss. And of course, we have your phone calls, and you have me, Kim Commando. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure that you follow us on social media. We are always at Kim Commando, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's at Kim Commando. Okay, so there are all these different real estate websites, right? You have Zillow, you have Redfin, and a slew of others, including Realtor.com. So you go online because you know exactly what you're looking for, a three-bedroom, two-bath house, and then bingo, in the perfect area, you find the home of your dreams, But is it a real listing? It may not be. Case in point, John Arnold found his own land listed on Zillow. But here's the problem. He did not put it up for sale, right? So what happened? A scammer stole his ID and nearly sold his property right underneath him for, get this, $200,000. And to tell the story himself, joining us here on the Kim Commando Show special caller line is John Arnold himself. Hello there, John. Hi. So it must have been a shocker when somebody was willing to buy your property, right? Uh, that was the good news of it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, uh, the property was hot. It was only up for about a day and a half, and they had several offers on it, including a $200,000 cash offer. So tell me what happened. How did you even find out that it was listed for sale? Right. I I was very fortunate. Uh, I got a letter. It was a, a, attached to my doorknob one day, and it was from a, a realtor who said that he'd been approached by somebody claiming to be me and listing the property. <clears throat> and he uh, said he thought things weren't right. So he just wanted to let me know that that had happened. Uh, a couple of days later, I finally got around to working on it. And I called the police and the policeman uh, called the, the realtor. He found out what had happened and he investigated. They, the uh, person posing as me had given him a couple of uh, uh, a phone number and an email. They traced them back to uh, addresses overseas, I think, in Africa, something like that. 
and uh, said that basically this gang had figured out a way to uh, come up with a phony ID of mine. It actually was my driver's license that they had. Wow, really? Yes, they'd hacked into the uh, uh, North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles uh, uh, records, gotten my ID, put a different picture on it, you know, because it's a picture ID. And then we're using mm-hmm. that as proof of ID. They searched the uh, register of deeds records to find vacant land. They, they like vacant land because quite often it's not uh, attended very well by the owner. You know, the, the owners don't come sure. by very often to see what's happening. Then they use the uh, phony ID to approach a realtor and say they want to, uh, that they're me and that they want to sell the land. And if things go fast enough, they can grab the money and be back over in a foreign country long before people really realize what's going on then of course then there's the problem trying to prove who who does own it and how to get uh, some people uh, at least uh, get some compensated for their damages and things so wait so imagine if you didn't get that letter on your doorknob right Uh, that's right i would have been in probably for a legal battle trying to show that i still own the land Uh, i think i probably would would be able to establish i'm still the owner but it would have taken a while and I had probably had to make some court appearances and possibly uh, have to uh, 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 hire an attorney and go with, with all the attorney costs and legal fees. So it, it's a hassle. Well, I mean, even if even if I can reestablish ownership, it's still a hassle. So, wait, you know, talk about time, effort, energy wasted and money wasted all because yeah. somebody's trying to, you know, scam you out of land. And that, you know, that's a really interesting point about land, because I was just thinking when you were saying about that, it's normally unattended. It's it is. I mean, I own some land in Eloy, Arizona. Okay, I don't know if you know where Eloy is. Not too many yeah. people do, but uh, but my my financial advisor said this is going to be profitable for my son's grandchildren. If that tells you anything, where it is. <laughs> so, not too long ago, is that I thought, you know, I wonder what you know how the property's doing, and so it's about an hour and a half south of Phoenix, and so we go out there and. And my husband looks at me and he says, are you happy now? Because you saw it. And it was like literally like tumbleweeds going across the <laughs> desert. Like, like, But you know what? But that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, there is uh, home title insurance, home title lock. They sell home title insurance. And where they say that they're going to notify you if somebody tries to change the deed. Because home title, you know, it is a it is a growing crime. And I don't know whether or not it's up to you to get the insurance, but... It is out there if it if it is concerning, and I think it's like ten dollars a month or something like that. Because otherwise, I don't even know how you'd be notified, right? Maybe get something in the mail. Uh, well, there'd be a couple ways, and and again, you know, these people, I, I assume it's a gang, probably. Uh, they're adept with uh, using the uh, digital techniques to do these things, but the ways to fight back. We can put notifications up on things like Zillow saying that you're interested in that land. So if someone else is looking at it, well, then Zillow sends you a, a notice saying, hey, somebody else is looking at this thing. So you get, get notice of activity anyway. Oh, uh, There's also a notice you can put on by the Registrar of Deeds. Somebody's checking this deed out and uh, looking again at, the, at that land so that they can notify you. And uh, anyway, those are those things. The other thing I did was I sent an email to the neighborhood. There's a neighborhood uh, email group, sent mm-hmm. a, neighbor, a letter to them. And saying, please let me know if you see any uh, unusual activity over their land, like somebody surveying it or people walking around on it or something like that. So that we can, again, get notice that people are doing something around that land and, and catch it before it gets very far down the road. 
I know when I when I talk and, with the police at the various levels, they basically all just shook their head and said that nowadays it's very easy to uh, forge uh, ID documents and uh, hack into some of these different uh, uh, you know databases and things like for the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, and so. Um, realtors and uh, landowners are going to have to be much more on their toes as to who they're dealing with. Exactly. You know, a hundred percent. And I think you own that realtor if you didn't already give him or her a nice bottle of wine <laughs> for saving you, saving your butt and saving your land, right? Uh, yes. I, I gave him several good uh, reviews on a number of different sites. So, anyway. <laughs> Well, that's, that's probably even better than a bottle of wine, right? Yeah, hey, John, thank so. you so much for joining us. And, you know, it's really, it's a, it's a word of warning for everybody out there. I mean, whether it's land, apartment buildings, uh, your condo, whatever it is, you need to make sure that uh, that you follow some precautions. And that's an excellent recommendation, John, about you know, saying that you're interested in this property on Zillow and Redfin, you yeah. can do the same thing and then you get those notifications. Yeah, I think that's what we need to do. Something like that to use the uh, use, again, the, the digital means to protect ourselves, too. Got it. Thank you, yeah. John. Thanks for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm telling you, these scammers are getting more and more brazen. Now, if you're not living at a property you own, title insurance policies can protect you against fraudulent sales or ownership claims and be sure also that your property is properly recorded at your local county recorder's office. All right, this is a great website you're going to really want to know about because let's say you want to start playing a video game. You're wondering, like, how many hours is it going to take me to actually play this game? Like, Stray is a popular game where you're a stray cat in a decaying city. It's going to take you about nine hours. Uh, let's see, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on the Switch is going to take you 154 hours. Spider-Man? Then take you four hours to play the game on a PlayStation. Elden Ring is 131 hours. That's a long time. So here's the deal. To check how long it's going to take to beat these games, you can drop by the site howlongtobeat.com. Once again, that's howlongtobeat.com. All right, coming up, we have our trivia question of the week. Oh, it's a tough one, so make sure that you have your thinking cap on. And we have so many more of your phone calls. And of course, you have more of me with some great tips and tricks. Kim Commando. Hey, it's time now to do our trivia, what I like to call commanding the tech world trivia contest here on the Kim Commando Show. And this week is brought to us by Epson. So yes, commanding the tech world trivia, because we've all seen how the world has changed because of technology. But do you actually know the backstory, those little fun facts, the hidden, hidden secrets that makes this digital world go round and round? Now, commanding the tech world trivia, we always have a special guest contestant who is just, wow, they just are going to win a fabulous prize. I'm talking about an original prize. Yeah, I know you want it too. It's the Kim Commando Show Fanny Pack, valued at, I think, $29.99. And joining us this week is uh, Tammy in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Hello there, Tammy. Hi, Kim. What do you do there in Scottsdale? I work in a spa. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. so you're always calm and relaxed because you're always listening to that yeah, wonderful so music, two right? different worlds. I work in a spot and I love technical things and I, I just want to be you. Oh, well, thank you, Tammy. Thank you. I'm addicted to your podcast and your videos. So Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. Well, in the trivia today, we're going to be talking about Windows. Do you use a Windows or a Mac? So I have a Windows, but it's broke. 
Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be getting a Mac soon. All right. I have an I have an iPad. Oh, perfect. Okay. Microsoft has launched several successful products, right? Where they have like Microsoft Windows, right? Microsoft Office mm-hmm. Suite. Uh, of course, there's the Xbox, super successful product. The Microsoft Surface. A lot of people are really loving the Surface. Uh, Visual Studio is maybe a product you're not familiar with because it's actually used by developers to build software for Windows and mobile platforms and the web. And then there's Microsoft Bing. Not quite Google, right? But some people, a lot of people still use Bing. But Microsoft has also had its share of failures because not everything has panned out to be gold in those Seattle hills. So for this trivia question, Tammy, we're going to give you I'm going to give you a list of Microsoft failures. So it's up for, to you to tell me which one was not a failure, which one wasn't one of their products. OK, Oh boy. <laughs> so let's go with. So we have let's see, there's four different Microsoft products. And so it's up to you to pick the one that was not the failure that came out of Microsoft. OK, so the first one is the Microsoft Zune. That was a digital media player uh, and it was trying to compete against the iPod and iTunes and it just didn't work. Okay. The next one is the Microsoft Kin. This was a smartphone that Microsoft said, hey, you know, we're going to give it to kids. But the problem was is that the Microsoft Kin phone was more expensive than any other phone on the market. And people were like, "Mm, I don't think so. Uh, Microsoft also had the Microsoft Band, and that was a fitness tracker that had mixed reviews, and it was actually discontinued because nobody really wanted to buy a fitness band from Microsoft. And then finally, the Microsoft Lisa. Uh, It was put out in 1983, and it was the first PC to have what we called a graphical user interface. So which of these failures for Microsoft was not really a Microsoft failure? Was it the Microsoft Zune? Uh, the Microsoft Kin, the Microsoft Band, or the Microsoft Lisa? Which one? Which one was it? The Band. Okay, so you're going to say that the Band uh, is was not a, a failure by Microsoft. And so that's your final answer, Tammy. So let's go ahead and ask our judges, is Tammy right or wrong? <laughs> Figures. Sorry, Tammy. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've never uh, even heard of any was... of them. <laughs> okay, well, that's because they're all failures. <laughs> they came to market and then poof, they were gone. Uh, the Microsoft Lisa, that was actually the Apple Lisa. That was, they, they had an Apple Lisa computer. But Microsoft did have something called Bob. I don't know if you ever heard of Microsoft Bob. No. It was just a complete failure. It was put out in 1995 and it was like this cartoonish thing that was supposed to make Windows easier to use, and it was just like a big old flop. So I'm sorry, Tammy, you did not... So they were all failures then? Yes, yes, the Zoom was a failure. (laughs) Yes, the Kin... All right, maybe it was a trick question. Okay. All right. Um, Go ahead. Let's give Tammy the official Kim Commando Show fanny pack. Yes. Yes. You got it. All right. I know you have a question for me, so how can I lend a hand? Okay, so I do. I have an iPhone, and on my iPhone, I have probably thousands of videos and photos. And what I want to, and I'm sure that you've gone over this on one of your shows before, but I want to safely get those off my phone and put them on um, some type of hard drive or thumb drive that is portable. Um, that I could just, you know, put into my phone or put it. I don't know if you can put, the only thing I have is an iPad. 
I don't know if maybe I need to get another computer. or So what is the easiest way to do that and organize my videos as well? So are, are you running out of space on your phone? I'm not, but every month I keep on paying for more Google space. Oh, for Google space? Yeah, or iCloud. So you're not or, using... Or iCloud so, okay. space. Oh, you're using i Okay, you're using iCloud. Okay, so here's the thing, is that I never want you to put your precious memories and all the screenshots and all the pictures of your food and, and all the videos that you might have on your phone ever on a stick and think like, wow, that's really smart and that's always going to be a safe thing to do. Okay. Because those little, those little thumb drives, they don't last forever. And then the other problem is, is that, well, uh, people lose them because they're so small. Or they put them in a desk, and then they forget that's in the back of the desk. And so it, what you want to do is always keep your photos and videos in the cloud. And there okay. are uh, different places you can do it. You can put it on. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, on Amazon, you can actually store your photos up there for free as part of your Prime account. Uh, and then there's, of course, iCloud, which is the easiest. I will tell you right off the bat, uh, the couple of bucks that they charge a month is... Uh, and for me, it's worth it because I know that they're always going to be accessible 24-7 and I don't have to worry about remembering to back it up because everything does get backed up. Uh, and it, it also gives you easier access because when your videos are in the cloud, especially when you start getting into the Apple ecosystem, Tammy, mm -hmm. that you, when it's in the cloud, that everything's all synced up nicely. It's going to be synced up on your iPad. It's going to be synced up on your iPhone. And then you already mentioned that your Windows uh, PC had taken a dump. And so you're probably going to need to replace that, right? Well, yes. I don't know if I need to get another Windows or just get a Mac and just be done with I it. I would get a Mac. But, okay. Get a Mac, be done with it. I mean, you use the words. Uh, simply because now that you have everything all in that Apple ecosystem, it just truly, I'm telling you, it just truly makes a life a lot easier because you're not trying to sync things across different devices. So just go ahead and, and maybe delete some of the duplicates so maybe your iCloud account isn't so big. Maybe there are some videos that are being stored that uh, in your iCloud account because those are going to take the most storage that maybe you're like, hmm, I have three videos of the same thing because there's so many people like you and me, Tammy, I'm guilty of it too, where when we start looking into our photo library, it really uh, contains so many different duplicates. Now, the good news is, is that with the latest version of the iOS is that Apple actually has in the photo app a duplicate photo and video finder. And once you run that, I will tell you, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I had almost 5,000 duplicate photos and videos. I mean, they may not have been exactly the same, but the algorithm say, yeah, this is probably, you know, 10 pictures of an apple pie that you made. I mean, do you really need 10? You just need one, which is really handy. So if you haven't yet run that tool, that's a good idea. And thanks for playing along with us on Trivia. And thanks for all your support in our podcasts and our videos and our newsletters and good stuff like that. And we certainly appreciate that because, hey, more the merrier. And thanks for being with us today, Tammy. If you haven't done this already, make sure that you are also checking to see which photos and videos are taking up the most space on your iPhone. It's under Settings General and phones, iPhone Storage. And I'll tell you, you might be surprised how much space some of these videos are taking. You're like, mm, I don't need that. Let's chuck it. And then you get that space back. And then also then you're not paying to have it backed up into the cloud. All right. In this week's Money Tip, it's a little bit different because what we're going to talk about is how you can make money from the stuff that you already have and you can rent it out. So like, for example, let's say that you have some tools. 
day and you don't use the tools every single day. And by the way, if you do go ahead and use this service, they have a protection plan that covers you up to damage up to $25,000. But what you do is you just make an account. You say what kind of tools that you can loan out. And then the site takes 25%, but you're making 75%, right? That's awesome. Let's say you have an RV. It's just sitting there on your driveway or in the back lot of your house. What you can do is put that RV on a site called Outdoorsy, and they pay you within 48 hours of booking when someone rents your RV. Anyway, they're going to take anywhere between 20 and 25%. What about a car sitting in your driveway? Turo, I've used that site myself. And how much you can make at Turo, they say anywhere between $3,000 and $75,000 a year, depending, of course, of what kind of car you have. And they also have insurance to protect you against damage. Of course, we all know that you can rent your home on Airbnb and Verbo and these other sites. But here's the deal. Have you ever thought about renting a single room in your house? There's a site called PeerSpace, and that's where you can rent uh, places like your kitchen or your backyard. It seems to have mostly influencers that are renting, and they say that they have millions of users. Uh, they take a 15% fee. A gigster is also interesting if you have someplace that might be worthy of a movie production set or even just a commercial set. And finally, you can rent your swimming pool. What? Yes, Swimply. That's right. And that's where you just say, here's my pool, and you can rent it out during the day and maybe at night for parties or maybe no parties. Anyway, these are five different ways that you can make money with stuff that's just sitting around your house. And so in case you want links to all of this and much more, just hit our website. That's commando.com. And then there's a link that says Kim Show. All right, coming up, we have more of your phone calls as well as how to find these spy camps here on the Kim Commando Today podcast. All right, Charles in Denver, Colorado, glad to have you with us. Uh, I saw your article about the uh, compact portable computer that came out in the 80s. And uh, I just said, hey, I've got one of those. I wonder if that thing's worth anywhere close to $8,000. Like you said, of course, I know it's not, but uh, just... Curiosity. Yeah, that would be that would be t- that would be a great one because I have one too. Remember that the compact portable, <laughs> oh, right? It was uh, released in, as you said, yeah, yeah. 1983. I just, you know, I remember that thing being really heavy, and I actually looked up to 20, see what the weight pounds. is. Yeah, it's eight point six pounds. They said it just, I don't know, maybe because I was young and that was, I remember carrying this thing around. Uh, the processor on the inside, an 8086 CPU running at 4.77, right? right? Yep. Uh, MS-DOS. Yep. Uh, the memory, yep. 128K to 640K. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Upgra- I know it. I know it. Upgradable, right, to 1 meg. 8-inch uh, monochrome CRT display, folks, if you're young and you don't know what that is. It was awful. It was a, uh, The resolution was 720 by 300. <laughs> The storage, okay, this is a big hard drive. You ready? 10 megabytes. Yeah. Okay. Now it's like, I'll have a, awesome. I'll have a terabyte <laughs> for $120, please. Yes. Um, and, okay. and then instead of USB ports, we had these really weird things. We had uh, we had two serial ports and that was on this box, and that was for you to connect your modem to. That what? Do you remember what the sound was that the modem made, Charles? Do you remember that sound? Oh, of course. I love that okay, sound. Go ahead. Do, all right, do the sound. Let me hear it. Well, I can't do the sound. Anyway, you know, all those connections and all yeah, that weird stuff is pretty cool. It was like, it was like, 
you know, one of those. There you go. There you go. And then, yeah, and, and yeah. then it had a parallel Ooh. port that was for, you remember? Yes. What was that for? For your printer. That's right. You had a parallel mm-hmm. port. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, on, on yep. eBay, they're going for about 300 bucks. Okay. So, well, this one still works. And I, uh, I, what I did was I, I used it for, you know, we had a, uh, horseshoe league here in my little, little town I'm in. And, uh, so I wrote a program to keep track of the statistics and standings and handicaps and stuff. And, uh, and so I would take it over to the, the bar and we sit down and do the horseshoes and I update it and everybody thought that was just awesome, you know, pretty cool and stuff. So, they were like they so, were looking you at know, you like going, to Yeah, use. Charles, he's got it going on. He knows exactly what it is. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Well and so, so uh anyway, it was still still here. So you have about three hundred bucks sitting there with that old compact computer. You know, maybe someday it's gonna be worth eight grand. Maybe someday if you just keep holding on to it, who knows? But yeah, those were the, I don't want to say the good old days. Today, technology is so much better. Charles, thank you for your call and for that special sound effect. That was awesome. You know, some old tech can be worth big bucks. I'm talking about early Apple computers, the Apple One, the Apple II, some classic IBM PCs. Maybe you have some uh, rare NES video games. You know, vintage audio equipment is also worth it. I'm talking about stuff from the 70s, from Marantz, from Pioneer, or JBL. The Motorola Dynatac, that could be worth some money. And also vintage cameras, you have those laying around from Hasselblad or Leica. Anyway, to learn more, we always have these links too for you over at commando.com. Some vintage stuff that might be worth some big bucks. Cameras can be so small, they can hide just about anywhere. I'm talking about electrical outlets and smoke detectors and even TV remotes. So what do you do? You open your phone's camera, you turn off all the lights, you walk around. If you see any white flashes, ah, that's a red flag. But if things aren't really quite right, and if you travel around a lot, I suggest that you invest in an RF detector. I like the anti-spy detector on Amazon. It sells for around 40 bucks. It picks up radio frequency signals from devices like wireless cams, audio listening devices. And one thing, though, you have to turn off all of your electronic devices first. And if you ever see a camera hidden place, uh, just make sure that you call the police because that could be an invasion of your privacy. Hey, if you learned at least one thing, make sure that you tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show, and you can find me 24-7 at the website, komando.com.